What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host. Uh, today, we have a special guest with us, Brooke Miller. Brooke, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Brooke is a fellow PT, which is a, you're the first uh, physical therapist I've gotten an interview with the Active Texan. So congratulations. Uh, you're a proud mother of two boys, uh, one and four years old, and she owns and operates Peak RX Therapy, which is in Louisville in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, so yeah, what's up, Brooke? I wanted you just to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about, uh, how about you start um, where you grew up and kind of what kind of activities you did growing up first before you kind of got into the direction you've gone now? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in Dallas, uh, North Dallas, and um, I've lived here my whole life and um, have a lot of brothers and sisters. We were always kind of active growing up and stuff, but I... Um, I played basketball. I'm, you can't see me, but I'm tall. And so I was like, I was kind of forced to play. I don't even know if I would have chosen it, um, but played basketball, uh, all, all like that was my sport. Um, elementary school, middle school, and, uh, through high school played, um, which was great. I, I loved it. Um, I, at that time, I feel like I also really enjoyed, um, not like really long distance running, but I liked running. So I've done a few half marathons and then I kind of got into, uh, like obstacle course stuff, like Tough Mudders and Spartan races and all that stuff. So I feel like I've always kind of, uh, been active, nothing crazy, not the best at anything that I've ever done, but, um, definitely have always exercised throughout my entire life. Whenever, when did you, um, did you do all that stuff in high school or was that in college too? High school and college. Yeah. The marathons I start or half marathon. I never did a marathon. Half marathon was in high school and then in college. And then I, the tough mutters kind of started in college. So yeah. What do you like the best out of those? <sighs> the running tough mutters. Tough mutters. The tough mutters. Like I loved ball. Don't I like that, but I just don't, it's like, I'm a mom now. Like I can't, yeah, do that. Yeah. I don't even know where to do that. At. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'd say the Tough Mudders, I felt like that was like a good, like, I actually hated marathon or half marathon training. I went to school in Lubbock, which, uh, it is flat and boring and I was miserable training. I hated it. So I have a bad taste in my mouth about just running, but, um, I felt like Tough Mudders is like you, it, it's kind of broken up by obstacles. And I mean, they were like the one I did, the first one I did was like 13 miles or something like that. And it didn't seem like it. So, um, yeah. Did you have any injuries in high school? I didn't. I've always been a very healthy person. And I, I like, it was funny. I was talking to a patient about it and I was like, I would kind of took pride in it. But then I was like, I wonder if I just never really pushed myself really that hard sometimes. I don't know. Uh, but not no, that, not that risky. Yeah. Not that risky. Yeah. That's right. I was like, ah, oh, this isn't worth it. Uh, but no, I really haven't, uh, never really had any injuries. Um, but, and, and I do, I, I think, I think I am smart about it, but, and definitely since being a PT, I've, I've taken more of an active role in keeping myself injury free for sure. Yeah. So you went to undergrad in Lubbock? Yep. Went to Texas Tech and then for PT school, came back to Dallas and went to UT Southwestern. Okay. So you not getting injured, that kind of begs the question of how in the world did you get into physical therapy? That's a good question. I had my grandmother, when she was still living, had a PT that came to see her in her home, uh, like home health. You know, she was pretty old. 
And I was there one time, it was this really kind of good looking guy and he was real funny and she like loved him. And uh, it, she just lit up. Every time he came, she was in love with him and it was great. He was getting her to do stuff she had never would never do for anybody else. And he explained physical therapy to me as um, Baskin Robbins, 26 flavors. How many flavors do they have? I don't know. I don't know, whatever, how many flavors they have. Uh, I actually have never had it either, but suppose they have so many flavors. It's like 26 flavors. And he just said, PTs, it's, uh, you get to, if you want to work with athletes, you can work with athletes. If you want to do home health, you want to put helmets on babies, wound care. You know, there's so many options coming out of your degree. You don't have to go get, I mean, you can get specialized for sure. But anyways, ever since he told me that I knew I wanted to do something post, you know, undergrad. Um, and so I just was like, sure, I'll do that. I love it. I love being active and, and, um, and then since then, my career, it has taken some turns. I would have never thought it would have, but it is nice that we have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. What made you go out to Lubbock? My parents actually grew up, grew up there. Yeah. Um, a lot of, and I, actually, we were on our way to move to Lubbock from Mississippi, mm -hmm. and we ended up here in College Station. And so we, I like had a job lined up and everything with Lubbock Sports Medicine. Wow. And was going to be working there, living there. I have family there. Yeah. But there's not many reasons like you end up in Lubbock uh, okay. other than school, I guess. Sure. Well, and that's what it was. I have, I'm one of five kids. I'm four out of five. And two of my three older sisters had gone to tech and I just was like, sure, I'll go there. Um, so I don't know. I didn't really give it much thought. I just, Mainly because of family. Yep. Just kind of went. I love going to visit them. And Lubbock's, I love Lubbock. Uh, I wouldn't live there, but being out, going to school there, I mean, any big 12 schools you know, a good place to be, but, um, it was great. I loved being there. Um, I'd gotten into PT school there and was going to go. And then I was like, no, I, I think I need to move on. <laughs> Another three years there. Yeah. I don't think I could, I don't think it was going to be the same. So yeah, I came back to Dallas. So was it there that you started doing CrossFit? No, I did not start CrossFit until I moved back to Dallas. Um, went to PT school. I'd heard about it, you know, CrossFit kind of started getting big and uh when did it start I guess I was just coming out of no I was in college because yeah I remember that and I just always kind of rolled my eyes at it um went to PT school I had a buddy that I went to PT school with that was really into it and I would do a couple of workouts with him but I just I just I was like this is stupid um and then I kind of was judgy about it you know like oh, you're gonna get injured and whatever um but then I I don't I had well I had some neighbors that were a uh, members of a gym around here and I was like fine I'll just go my husband and I my husband played college uh, basketball and you know working out was a big part of his life and we were just working out at a gym you know just like a random gym and so anyways we just wanted to try something new and I was all you know skeptical but man fell in love immediately totally drank the juice you know was in love with it and have been ever since and and totally learned that I mean, anything that is too much can be a bad, you know, can be a bad thing for sure. And it's not, there's nothing about CrossFit that is inherently dangerous and it's functional. It's great and um, can be done well if done, if done right. So right. that was, I guess now seven years ago, I started, um, started CrossFitting. And um, so what, what do you think makes a, a good CrossFit gym then? I mean, if you said done well and done right, so there's yeah. some factors there. And there's reasons, I guess, that CrossFit gets the rap that it has of quote unquote injuring people. But um, I was very similar to you when I was a physical therapist for the first, I guess, six years of being a PT. I didn't really think much of it. I'd heard about CrossFit I'd, and I just kind of 
I didn't, wasn't really negative towards it, but I was just kind of brushed it off. Like, yeah, that's not for me. Um, but then I realized it, it's very useful for a lot of people. A lot of people like it. And I was wondering why, like why, I mean, all these people aren't getting hurt. So no, yeah, absolutely. why do they like it? And so that's where I kind of eventually dove into it myself. Um, but like, I want to hear from you, like why, did, what makes it, um, I guess, safe in your eyes? Sure. I think, well, that's a, whenever I, I mean, we're fast forwarding a little bit, my practice is out of a CrossFit gym now. So when I was like looking around of where I wanted to have my practice, I mean, it's apparent, like you can go to one CrossFit gym. We have a lot in our immediate area and they're all run very differently. And so what I looked at when I was where I wanted to be a member of where I wanted to practice out of is, I mean, I think coaching is huge. I think just the general atmosphere and the goals, I think you can even take a look at the athletes and there's nothing wrong with walking into a gym and there being a lot of like high level athletes, but if there isn't a lot of people that look like you or have the same goals as you, then I think sometimes that might not be the best place to be. And not that it's necessarily bad, but I think what's good is, is each, when coaches can meet each person where they're at, you know, it's not about the whiteboard. It's not even about, you know, putting your number into Wattify or whatever, um, is really what it's about. And so in a class of 10 or 12 people, not all 10 to 12 people should be looking like the same, but you know, there, there should be an array of modifications and scales. And, um, if you can't find a coach that is good to kind of find, meet you where you're at and find you what works best for you, then there's a problem with that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's definitely what it comes down to is just that the atmosphere of just doing you doing you and, and, and you being okay to be where you're at, especially with Olympic lifting. Most people shouldn't be Olympic lifting um, just off the street. And right. so finding coaches that won't let you start snatching the first day, walking you through it a little bit. I think, I think that's really what you're looking for. Yeah. So it sounds like from, from your perspective, and I was going to say, I would say the same thing, hundred percent agree that the coaching and the atmosphere that's produced in that community is, is probably the number one thing you want to look for. And not just about like what you've heard through the media or even what you even just initially see somewhere like just outwardly, you know, it's very different from class to class. Absolutely. Um, One group of in a class, maybe look a lot more fit. Another group, different, all moms and, you know, stuff like that. Um, That's why there's so many different options out there of CrossFit gyms, like even in a place like here where it's only, you know, a couple hundred thousand people, there's like eight CrossFit gyms, plus all the ones in the garages that you don't really know about. (laughs) So it's it's all about the different coaches, different community. It's what works for you. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like church to me a little bit too. Like I explain, I always compare it to church of like, not all churches are the same. You know, you got to go and find your community, find what works for you. If you're a church goer, and that's what it turns into people like it CrossFit is church to people. It's fellowship, it's community. It's, it's, you know, doing life with these people. So that that's where people get into it is, is it's not just a place to work out. It's a place to get involved. And, um, and you're totally right. You can't judge one CrossFit gym and, and judge everybody. Cause it, it's, you're definitely going to find a lot of variation. Yeah. So you did, you started doing that in 2000. 13 ish Yes. in 2012 you so you were a PT already and so how did that kind of begin to shape I mean what kind of PT were you in at first and then eventually you know bring us to where you're at now 
So I started off just kind of in an outpatient clinic and um, I was just treating regular people and started CrossFitting and then kind of fell in love with it. And so I started, my CEUs started looking more CrossFitty and I worked in this like just hospital-based outpatient setting. And I just started realizing like, hey, you know, I love my job, but I wasn't able to treat the people I wanted to treat. And I was realizing like, hey, we need to be deadlifting. We need to be squatting. Like A, it's functional, but B, this is what people want to do. And mm-hmm. uh, so it worked out really well. The gym that I was at when he, um, he was building a new facility and just said, hey, would you ever want to rent space? And at first I was like, no, but then kind of everything kind of changed and I was like wait a minute maybe I do and so um was able to open up Peak RX in 2018 and um totally started off I mean it was it was CrossFitters was who I really wanted to treat and just active people um and then in 2000 and Oh my gosh. I don't know. I got pregnant at some That's point. That's your mom brain. Yeah. Gosh, I don't even know. I got <laughs> pregnant at some point. And, um, I, uh, all of a sudden everything like came to a screeching halt for me. You know, I was this CrossFitter, loved CrossFitting. I knew I needed to work out. Um, but you had all these, you know, my, my midwife was like, well, just do what you've always done. And I was like, well, I was like climbing ropes and doing bar muscle you know it's like that didn't make sense to me of like do what you've always done but then it was the other thing was um listen to your body and I was like well as an athlete I've been trained to kind of not listen to my body and and I was like these don't make sense to me and I knew as a PT you know like you can't just do what you, you know I don't know I was very confused and uh just kind of did my thing I think I did well I didn't make any terrible decisions um but postpartum was really hard for me um and now looking back on it I there was a lot of things I could have done differently when it came to CrossFit not crazy things but just some things um so anyways had a hard time kind of coming back uh postpartum and um again kind of was left kind of hanging of like well you had a baby so this is kind of what you have to deal with and I was like no I, I can't get down with that 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 mm-hmm that doesn't make sense to me. And so, um, kind of went down this pelvic health hole of, again, kind of completely pivoted my practice and, um, that now my jam is helping women after baby get back to CrossFit or navigate CrossFit and not even CrossFit, just kind of any, any high level exercise. I think we know exercise is really good during pregnancy, but there are ways to do it well and ways to not do it well. And, um, so that's really, I, I kind of tell people, I, I try to be the practitioner or the clinician that I wish I had had mm-hmm. my first go around um, of just somebody who gets it. It's not somebody who let, keeps you on the table or tells you to stop CrossFitting because that's not the answer either. Um, so it's kind of this gray area that I, that I now have, you know, melded, molded my orthopedic world to pelvic health and I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. So that was, it must've been like 2016 when you had your first. Yes. Before yeah. you had started um, PRX. PRX, yes, that's right. Yeah. So Absolutely. you you were still kind of in the dark. I mean, as a mom, an athlete, and even like, that's probably frustrating as a physical therapist thinking, oh, I should know what to do or, but no one could help. You couldn't find any yourself to help you. Wasn't there to help you. You couldn't find anybody around. So 
that that affected quite a bit like what you ended up doing with peak rx i'm assuming right yeah was Absolutely. that from the very beginning like when you start is that why one reason you started peak yeah i started it and i wasn't exactly because it was kind of I'd started doing some research and initially with the plans with PRX weren't going to be pelvic health. And, and if you know anything about pelvic health, it's like, that's, you don't learn about that in PT school much. Like they tell you, you have a pelvic floor, but other than that, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like internal exams. And I didn't want to just get so niched down that I didn't, cause I love treating athletes, but it's like this light bulb went off that it's like, women are athletes and most yeah. women have babies. And like, why would I not go down that road? Um, and so, yeah, I was, it was kind of a quick little pivot there. And, and at first I wanted to do a little bit of both and, you know, I don't know, but man, I just, as my life has gone on and just the things that you do deal with, with pregnancy and postpartum life, it's like, there's a lot to it. And even, even girls like young girls, like starting your period and just the hormones and, and premenopausal women, it's just learning that it's not that we're this special subgroup that needs to be treated so differently but I also feel like before I got certified and have educated myself I did women a disservice by treating them because I didn't understand the ins and outs of the things that go into you know pelvic floor and and you know all that stuff so yeah yeah so with someone a woman who's active and is either pregnant or postpartum there there it sounds like it's very difficult to navigate that world of or the balance of exercise whatever activity they're doing whether it's distance running or something with a little more high intensity like crossfit like how do you how do you help people navigate i mean i think there's a lot of people out there that just ignore it oh yeah um, or just accept it as it is what it is but the the healthcare world doesn't necessarily help those people so no oh no. How, how have you been able to and like what are you doing to help people that are active that's find, a good question i think number one i i always say i feel like i'm always talking to two different women all the time i'm either talking to somebody who is scared and has no idea what to do so they just stop doing things in general because they're like they're so nervous you know they have their heart rate monitor and they're making sure their heart rate doesn't get up over 140 beats per minute and they're you know taking everything out because they're, they kind of live in fear a little bit. And then you have the other one who is kind of like, well, I was told to do what I've always done. So I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. And I almost feel like I have to maybe rein them in a little bit because somewhere in the middle is what's right. In that there isn't a lot of, um, it's not that we don't have a lot of research. We just don't have a lot of people that are knowledgeable in it. And there's a lot of myths like, heart rate, like keeping your heart rate at a certain level, like that's not a thing anymore. Um, and um, it, we're, we're learning that actually, you know, it used to be, well, if you've never done it, you can't do it. So even running in pregnancy, it's like, no, we're learning that the risk to reward of exercise is so much greater. Like we need women to exercise. So even if they've done no exercise before, I need you to move and I need your heart rate to get up. I need you to be sweating and breathing kind of hard. Um, so it's kind of this weird fine line of, of helping somebody, I, I've got to figure out who they are to, to know which person I'm talking to, basically, if that makes sense. And that where I feel, I feel women that aren't doing enough, they're missing out on the aerobic benefits, the strength training benefits that we get from, that we get 
for ourselves and for our baby. And then for the other one, I feel like sometimes when we ignore things or aren't being mindful or doing the research ourselves, where we end up, what we end up doing is, is we're the ones that are then left kind of in shambles after baby. And we, you know, are peeing in our pants when we do double unders or we can't have sex without pain or we've got heaviness and, and all of those things are like, well, sorry, you had a baby. And it's like, no, that's not true at all. It's somewhere we can make good decisions to exercise well. And, um, so it's hard. And, and that's where my, my Instagram account, my blog, I just, my, my goal is to shout it from a rooftop, all the things that I know to help educate women so that they can seek out the treatment that they need. Because unfortunately it's really not going to come from your OB or mm. from a practitioner. Cause that's just not their job. They don't know. And most of them it's CrossFit's so new, like they don't know what to do with it. So they just tell you, don't lift anything over 10 pounds. It's like, well, I've got a 40 pound four-year-old. Mm. What am I supposed to do with him? You know? And so it's really seeking out the care and finding people that align with kind of your goals and knowing, like finding somebody who CrossFits and they're okay to CrossFit. You know, a, a, a PT or a pelvic floor physical therapist is who I'm talking about. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's a hard, it's a hard, um, sometimes I feel overwhelmed because I feel like nobody knows, but I do feel like the tides are turning a little bit and that mm-hmm. things are becoming a little bit more mainstream um which is exciting and it's good yeah exciting to be a part of it yeah absolutely you're a part of that i mean you're in a heavily populated area so yeah there's hopefully plenty of people will hear you from that rooftop (laughs) yeah so you mentioned some of the benefits of uh exercising while you're pregnant could you summarize that again just and then we can compare that to like what it looks like postpartum so you mentioned like aerobic strength stuff sure so we have good but the the recommendation or where the research shows is 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise, which is the only difference between regular people and pregnant and pe- pregnant people is for regular people, it's moderate to intense. So they just took off the word intense. So it's moderate. So 150 weeks, 150 minutes a week of moderate intense exercise. We see gestational diabetes risk goes down preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure. Uh, C-section rates, uh, recovery, recovery, postpartum recovery is way quicker. Um, peeing in your pants goes down. Like you get all, all these benefits if you're able to hit that 150. They even say, hey, if you can't get 150, great. We know that even just a little bit is good. So just do what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know a ton about more than that. And that's where I tell the women that are just, you know, they're doing two days, seven days a week when they're pregnant, it's like, we don't have a lot of research in blood flow to the, to your baby. If you're really pushing that, that those max intensities. Um, so that's kind of that gray area, but we know, I always tell people if you can hit 150 minutes a week, that's good. And then they suggest two of those day, these strength training days. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, they don't give specifics on what that means, but I know what strength is and that's resistance and lifting some weight or doing something. And so, um, that's more than just walking. So I tell mom, sure you can walk. That's great. But I need you to do more than that. So if someone's out there, um, maybe they're, 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 you probably run into this or you may not because they don't ever come contact you. There's people out there that are afraid probably to even bring it up or say something. So if one of them listens to this, what are some things that they can 
look for themselves to help guide them through, like say they are encouraged and like, okay, I'm going to do some strength training. There, are there any kind of warning signs or things they can look for? Absolutely. That's a great question. I always, um, I mean, you have your, I don't mean common sense. Like if you wouldn't have known this, you're not smart, but I mean, obviously there's kind of some common sense of like vaginal bleeding and cramping of your uterus. Like if you're pregnant and you notice those things and you're exercising, like that's like a, Hey, you need to go talk to your doctor. I was telling everybody, you need to get released from your doctor. All this research is for non complicated pregnancies. Um, so then once you're kind of going, the first thing I say is I want you to uh, utilize the talk test when you're exercising, meaning you should, if I'm next to you, you should be able to talk to me. If I were to ask you a question, you should be able to answer the question, but you, sh you could not sing. So if I asked you to sing a song to me, you could not sing a song because you're breathing that hard. And that's where people are like, oh, I went on this leisurely walk, sauntering around. It's like, no, you have to go faster than that. So it's somewhere in between that I can talk, but I can't sing. Ideally is where we want you to be. Um, and then when it comes to symptoms, I always tell people, I don't want any peeing. And I know I've said that a lot already in this podcast. Okay. If that's weird, sorry. And then they won't um, listen to it. Yeah. So peeing in your pants, there's no any leakage or stool, anything coming out when it shouldn't come out. That needs to be a little bit of a yellow flag for you. That's um, not normal? Not normal. No, okay. not normal. You're not doomed to pee in your pants just because you've had a baby. Um, so all, any leaking, um, so peeing in your pants, pressure. So pressure, I kind of talk about two things, like in, the, in your belly, like if you've got a big belly, like big baby in your belly, um, like pressure on the front of your stomach, kind of midline or vaginal pressure. Like if you feel like, ah, I feel like I'm sitting on something or it's real heavy or draggy. Um, that tells us, Hey, we need to back off, maybe change some things up, how you're doing it. Um, pain, joint pain, back pain, pubic bone pain, no pain. Um, and then the last one is I always have women kind of keep eyes on their belly. And this is pregnant and postpartum women of making sure that your stomach isn't, um, we call it coning or doming up. And this is where women that are kind of getting back into ab work, it's like, that's what you have to be mindful of. That's a whole other rabbit hole, but those are my four symptoms that I say, hey, I just want you to be mindful of those things as you experiment, do an exercise, try some things. That's kind of a quick way to check yourself. So there were the red flags, then there's the talk test, and then the four. Four. The, really, there's three P's, and then. Three dump. P's and a C or a D. Yeah, coning dome. Dome yeah. Cone. Okay, and, um, that is super helpful. And I think that like that alone is that that advice like is absolute gold i mean that's so what about that's that's pretty much during pregnancy right i mean those things postpartum looks quite a bit different probably probably it, depending on how active they were during their pregnancy it does and it doesn't that's a good question and this is what i sum it up to is this is i think a lot of the times women do okay during pregnancy because they know that they have a baby in their belly and they're like responsible for somebody else but a lot of the times I see the second that they deliver, women are just chomping at the bit to get back and lose their weight and whatever. But this is where the decisions that you make are no longer, sure, your baby's born, but now it's your tissue that you are now going to compromise, right? And it's our pelvic floor and it's our core. It's our front of our bellies and our vaginas, basically, right? So we've got 
we've got healing times that we need to respect. We've got, you now have a newborn that you're taking care of. You, I mean, are you breastfeeding? Are you sleeping? What's your nourishment look like? You know, all these things that weren't really a problem before, but now these are a lot more factors that we have to pay attention to. I also think mode of delivery is huge here. So I always talk with women. Did you deliver vaginally? Was it a C-section? Did you push for three hours? Did you tear? Did they use forceps or a vacuum? Like there's so many factors that now go into your decisions. It's not just a, oh, it's been six weeks now, I'm cleared to work out. Like that's the biggest lie ever. And number one, no, I wish women would start day one working out. Now that's specific and not what they think it is, but it's starting to do things to prep and prime your system so that around six weeks, you can begin to kind of come out of the woods a little bit. But what women think is, is like, I do nothing, 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 nothing. And then at six weeks, all of a sudden, now I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. That's not true at all. Postpartum, you almost have to earn the right to work out. And you don't, time is not just, you don't just give it time. Now, time is a part of it, but there are, it's foundation. You've got to crawl before you walk, before you run. And whether you start that day one postpartum, six weeks or a year postpartum, you got to do the work. Um, and so that's why I wish women would get, get set up with or get going on a kind of recovery program early because they'll, they'll get out the gate quicker if they're just a little bit more patient with it. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of research on women that kind of start too soon that, you know, if they're leaking early and are avoiding that or not paying attention to it, your likelihood of having urinary continence five years later is way higher. Um, uh, pelvic organ prolapse, like when things kind of drop and they shouldn't be dropping. Um, there's a lot of, it's not, I don't want to fear monger. That's not it because I think sometimes women can do really well, but there's just more to think about. And sorry, I'm oh, having trouble sorry. hearing. Sorry, that was um, there's just a lot more to think about and to take into consideration that I just feel like sometimes, again, they're either too scared, aren't doing anything or they're just going, you know, they're starting to run at six weeks and that's not appropriate. Yeah. So you, um, do you see mostly, most of your clients, are they pregnant or postpartum or is there a good mix? There's a, there's a mix. The perfect patient, if I could choose, yeah. would see me one time postpartum. Ideally, I see you once. Like if you're wanting to just, hey, let me know about my core. I don't have any big complaints. Okay, I want to see you one time in your third trimester because we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, so you, you said one time postpartum. That's not what you meant. No, pregnancy. Sorry, I said yeah. the wrong word. One time uh, pregnant. And then what that does is we get to talk about a lot. Um, well, and I, I lied. No, I would want to see you early because if I could if I could walk you through your pregnancy, that would be great. Um but, you know, if I'm seeing them a little bit later, I, I would like to go ahead and prep and say, hey, this is how I want you to push your baby out. This is how I want you to labor and deliver. There's so many good things that you can do to spare your pelvic floor and spare your core of just in actual labor and delivery. And then um, we get you going on stuff that you're going to do immediately. And then most of the time, I'm, I'm seeing people defensively. They're peeing in their pants. They they're having all these symptoms and so they come see me afterwards but it's like if we could just swing the pendulum to come see me before mm -hmm. i feel like there's so many things that we can avoid 
of just setting you up, doing things well and right. And sometimes things happen and you can do everything right, but stuff happens. But I feel like the more you know, you know, the more information you have, the better decisions you can make to just set yourself up to be a better, uh, in a better position. Um, so yeah, I, ideally I see you a couple times in pregnancy, but I see people immediately postpartum, six weeks postpartum, 12 weeks postpartum. We're checking that pelvic floor, checking your abs, checking healing time on everything. And then that way we kind of gradually let you out the, out the door to get back to whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. So a lot of people are just reacting to a problem. So that's like the story of being a physical therapist. It seems that everybody's coming, not everybody, but most people are coming to you as a, as a reaction to something they did to themselves. And we've started to see that, well, um, you can, you still may, you can't completely prevent injury. Um, You can reduce the risk and the severity of the injury though by a lot. Uh, And that's what really saves people in the long run. But the hard part is like you just said, getting them to ideally coming in, even in their first trimester, whether it's once or twice every trimester or something like that, even that alone, if they had six visits with you, um before having their baby i think it would completely change the outcomes and their the progress they can make after yeah Um, but it's the same thing with any kind of physical therapy but especially with yeah absolutely and i can't tell you how many i i it's like i need to get it on a sign in my office but it's like i when i when i can get with a woman and they're on their second or third baby they you know they never got their core back they're you know they're either they jump on the trampoline and pee on themselves or they're like, you know what? I'm back to CrossFit, but it's like, I just feel weird. And it's like, we start to kind of go through and like connect dots for them. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I wish I knew this. Why didn't I come in before? Because you, you have to look at pregnancy like any other injury, right? Like if you were to have a rotator cuff repair, you have this very methodical protocol, you're going to therapy, whatever. But if, if you don't treat pregnancy, and labor and delivery that way it's like you just okay go back to life and 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 no therapy at all it's like you're left with you're left in shambles a lot of the time and it's sad because then then the excuse is well you're a mom you had a baby so that's what you get and it's like no that's not true and so yes i can't most of the time my patients are they've they're on baby one or two or three they heard some things and they're coming back in and they're basically like, I want to do this one right this time. And they do. They do so much better. And, and if anything else, they just know more about their bodies. They can make more educated decisions than just like sifting through the chaos and the Instagram posts and all the things and can make well-informed decisions for themselves. Um, so yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, I tell any mom, I don't care if you're 60 and you had babies, you know, 40 years ago, you going and getting a pelvic floor evaluation and just knowing where, what's the state of the union, how can I better use my core and my pelvic floor? Cause it's all related. Um, man, I, I can't people, I mean, without fail every time, man, I wish I knew, I wish I had done this earlier. So do it earlier. Yeah. That's awesome. So how are people finding you? Like, I mean, you, you mentioned that I mean, the primary care, the OBs, they're kind of doing their job and their thing, but it's not really, in a sense, their job to like get them to the right person because it's either they're unaware or it's just, you know, not something they think about. No. Yeah. Um, but how you're not marketing to OBs, are you? I do some, I do. And I do have some OBs that love it and they get it and, and they're, they push for it. They, they don't push for it for everybody. And I do, I, I wholeheartedly believe 
even one visit while you're pregnant can change the game. You don't have to go for a whole big thing, just one or two visits. Every single time you have a baby is worth it to just see, because it's different every time. It's almost like going to the dentist a little bit. I wish it was a little bit more regular, but it's normally not. Um, but you do have some OBs that are aware of, um, and I'll tell you, I, the, the, I didn't, this is probably too much information for everybody, but I don't care in that my problem after my first baby was I, when we went to go have sex again, we could not, it was so painful. And when I went to my, my midwife and told her, she was like, well, just drink wine. You need to just relax. And I was like, excuse me. And it was like, just get drunk. You're six weeks postpartum, kind of depressed and sad. Yeah. Just think. And I was like, I blew my mind. So, so I do have OBs that are a little bit more aware than that. Now, most of them don't. I can't tell you how many people are told to drink wine to help with their symptoms. Um, but my big thing, I do a lot of workshops. I, my Instagram account, I have like, you know, people will tag their sister who they know pees in their pants when they cough and whatever. So it's, it's normally like, I always tell people like friends don't let friends pee in their pants. It's like <laughs> women, once they find out about it are the best marketers because they go tell everybody, right? And most women that have had babies, we don't have any shame. Like we'll talk about being in our pants because it's, it's like solidarity really. Yeah. So that's the thing is, is people will go, no, go. I had this great outcome. And so that's, what's cool about it is, is it's people like looking out for people and helping each other out. You need to put what you just said up on a sign above your, I know. or on your Instagram, like post yeah. it every day. <laughs> I know, I I've thought about making t-shirts, but I don't think people would wear those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would get people's attention. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the whole point, right? That's right. I know. It is. Shock value. But also, um, there's probably CrossFit classes. I mean, most gyms have like, I'm basically a mom group that is there in the mornings, um, I don't know. A lot of them I've seen around here have that eight or nine a.m. class that's pretty okay. much you know female only, and then most of them are you know young mothers. Um, yeah. Is that one of the places you typically yeah. find people? Oh yeah, I'll go. I've done. I do a lot of workshops at CrossFit gyms, and um, you know we have like stroller strides. It's like little mom workout groups where they go to um, parks and work out in strollers, and mm. uh, I mean everything. Pilates gyms. I mean women work out everywhere and 85% of women will have a baby at some point in life. they'll become pregnant at some point so it's a huge part of our world and no one is immune to the things that happen after we have a baby and so you know whether it's camp gladiators bar pilates whatever it is that you do like there is a way to do it well and right into rehab and use your activity to help you do it well it's just finding a way to kind of stair step up and be mindful of the things that we need to be mindful for. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any other activities you're doing right now besides CrossFit or you just CrossFitting and running or? I, well, I also do Pilates. I actually just started at, it's called Club Pilates here. I don't know if it's. Yeah, there's one here. It was next door to my old location. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So it's like the reformer base. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love CrossFit. I love it. Whole heart love it. But learned that I just can't really do it more than uh, a few times a week, two or three times a week, just the high intensity. I just need a little bit of a break from it. Um, so I've really enjoyed that. And it's good. It's very pelvic floor friendly. They do a lot of really good cueing. So it's good. But I also, I don't think you can really replace the, res the strength training that comes mm -hmm. from CrossFit. So, um, so yeah, I do a little bit of both. Um, 
try to do a couple of each each time uh, each week. Is what you do in Pilates, is that similar to some of the PT stuff? I mean, is there a lot of crossover there? Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of PTs that utilize Pilates, like the reformer, the the little piece of equipment that you use and stuff, because it's all about stabilizing and um, breath and, and all that. That's really good, which I love. It's great. Um, I just think those general classes, they're very much full body. So sometimes I feel like you're not getting to focus on something, you know, like they'll just do 20 reps of things. If that makes sense. So you'll mm-hmm. you never really get to overload anything. Um, but no, it's a wonderful, um, but even that, I mean, I've seen a lot of women come in with, you know, a lot of pressure and, and, um, heaviness with Pilates. Um, and even that just cause it's low impact and safe, I'm using air quotes. It doesn't mean you can do that. Like you, you can do that poorly as well when it comes to our abs and our pelvic floor postpartum and so I had a lot of patients come to me from there and so that was it as I I initially joined just to be like well let me go see what it's about so I can know the cues and know the movements and I love it I think it's great Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so that's what's kind of fun is I I kind of try to dabble in as much as I can just so if a woman is a camp gladiator person okay I know that I've done that we'll talk about the things we do there star jumps everyone pees when they do star jumps at camp gladiator that's not normal yeah, not normal. You don't have to pee when you do star jumps. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a fun job and it's great. Um, and there's, I don't know, I love it. And I think there's a lot of freedom in it once you kind of know and, and understand. I have one more question before my final two. <laughs> um, <laughs> questions. Yeah. So what about like balancing your work life active activity now? Like, is that how, how, how have you been able to make that transition now that you've had two kids? Are yeah. you able to it's, stay active like you want to and run your business, grow your business, be a good wife? Sure. It's, it's hard and I'm not always good at all of it. I have to schedule it. I have to, if it's not scheduled out, I'm not going to do it. If I don't reserve the class, I'm not going to go. Um, so there are times where activity will kind of slip and then there's times where the business kind of slips a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I have to just, I'm busy a lot. I've got a lot going on, not a lot of downtime, but I just know if I don't do all of it, then I'm missing out. I, I've got to, I've got to exercise. It might not be as long as I used to, you know, or five days a week, but um, it's just kind of a lot of little bits right now, which is fine with me and that's okay. And then what about your husband? What does he do? I mean, besides work, what kind of, does he work out with you some? He's a garage gym athlete. He crossed for a little bit, but he like can't, like kipping, like he's a strict, he will, he only does strict pull-ups. He only does strict handstand push-ups, which is fine. I think it was like his college, like he can't get into the whole like running around doing things really like to go fast. Like he like wants to make it as hard as possible for himself. Um, so he never really got into CrossFit, but he is a garage gym athlete member. So he gets programming from garage oh, gym nice. athlete. Um, and so, shout out to garage gym athlete. That's right. Yeah. Go get it. <laughs> cool. you want. Have you tried Garage Gym Athlete? Try some of his stuff? Yeah, I, I'll do it with them every once in a while. They're great. It's awesome. It's like the perfect mix of everything. So it's a, it's a good, um, it's it's wonderful program. They've got a lot of prep tracks. They've got a women's health one too. Oh, cool. So, um, there's a lot of good options. If you're somebody who wants to work out at home, I would highly suggest Garage Gym Athlete. Yeah, it's a good place to be able to refer people uh, that are finishing up PT and if they're yeah. looking for something different or new or specific. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So if, what about this? If you could try a different sport or any, even a hobby besides what you've done before, what would you try? I would be a golfer. Yes. I would golf. Second person that's called me golfer. I love golf. Yeah. I would totally be a golfer. My dad is like avid. We have a a legit putting green in my dad's backyard. Like he has a roller thing. (laughs) Pushes the grass down. Like he had to, it took months to build because you had to like put sand. It's crazy. So Um, where does your dad live? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, and we live, it looks like we live on a bunch of land. It's not our land. So he has about, it's like a hundred yards. He has a tee that he can hit out to. It's pretty nice. I'm terrible at it. I'm so bad. Uh, so you play, you got to play it a lot to get good at golf. Expensive. And it's, I can get like nine holes. And then once after nine holes, I'm like, I'm tired. CrossFit and Pilates is expensive. What are you talking about? I know. So, I mean, it's all expensive. expensive. That's true. It's all relative though. Like what you enjoy doing. Exactly right. I know. I don't have four hours of my life to go whatever walk around yeah so brooke miller the golfer the golfer yeah and thanks for listening to another episode of the actor texan podcast that was dr brooke miller sorry about that she got cut off so we had to end it just wanted to leave you with this where you can find her you can find her on instagram dr underscore brooke miller that's dr underscore brooke miller or go check her out at our website peakrxtherapy.com again thanks for listening thanks brooke for coming on the show For more information about College Station Physical Therapy and Performance, please visit our website at collegestationpt.com or check us out on Facebook at College Station Physical Therapy and Performance or on Instagram at College Station PT. That's it for today. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, to The Active Texan.